Hello, hello everybody. I am especially excited today. For, of course, we're having career conversations with Vumim Sweli, but I'm going to have today a very special guest. This is someone who kicked off her career at 21. This is someone who's been at the back of a van, a police van, to be precise, in apartheid South Africa. And she happens to also be one of my mentors. She is an incredible woman. And you also probably, when you hear the voice and see the face, you're gonna be like, Shark Tank, yes. I've got the incredible Dawn Nathan-Jones with me. So ladies and gentlemen, Dawn Nathan-Jones. Hello, Dawn. Hi, Bumi. So nice to join you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited for our conversation. So I've had the privilege of spending some good quality time with you and learning so much from you. But for our listeners across the globe who don't know you, I'm going to do a quick rapid fire intro so you can get to know Dawn a little bit better. So Dawn, I'll ask you a few questions and you answer which is the best for you. So kicking off, beach or bush? Both, but if I have to choose beach. Android or Apple? Apple. <laughs> Tea or coffee? Coffee. Morning or night? Night. Wine or beer? Wine. Sedan or an SUV? SUV. Flat or heels? Always heels, but since I've moved to Cape Town, flat. <laughs> okay, I would say entrepreneur or corporate, but knowing Dawn, I'm going to say shark or bear. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a bit of both, but um, dolphin. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, dead or alive, you are having a dinner. Who is coming and what are you serving? Huh, I like that. Oprah, Oprah Winfrey. Mm -hmm. And I'm serving um, a, a really upmarket vegetarian cuisine um, mm. with an incredible combination of vegetables and herbs and a bit of spice. Yeah. I love that. I'm, De I'm a Durban girl, so are you. So we have to have a little bit of spice. Oh, no, you've got to add spice in your life. Yeah. <laughs> Dawn, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, we know the woman, the accolades, we've seen what you've done, completely transforming the car hire business in the country. But who is Dawn Nathan-Jones? Okay, so so let me just tell you, born in Durban, and as you know, at the age of, uh, I, my parents wanted me to go as my siblings, I'm one of four, all went to university and studied, but I wanted to travel. And my parents said to me, you're not traveling, you pay for it yourself, you've got to go and study. But I was a little bit rebellious. Um, little did I know that, um, you know, rebellious is, is sometimes somebody that is a bit disruptive. And a disruptor is like really the new world. You know, if you're not a disruptor, then, you know, you're not really going places. So um, I was um, really destined. I knew that I wanted to be successful. What I needed, what I wanted to do, I didn't quite know. But I tried it a couple of things. And then I was offered this opportunity to join <clears throat> Imperial, which was a, a startup at the early stage of the startup um, in Durban, accidental meeting with a lady by the name of Carol Scott. And um, she gave, she told me like, like how I could I could run this business and grow this operation in Durban. And I was like, wow, like somebody has faith in me. I don't have a degree. And I'm 21. In fact, I was, I think, 20 years old. And um, like I, I was 
a little bit naive. I've tried a lot of different things and I was about to head off on a Contiki tour um, of Europe. That never happened, by the way. And I was given this great opportunity. Um, at the time, I had six cars and um, it, was, it was just an incredible experience. I mean, I think most of um, my, 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 sorry, I think I froze there for a minute. I think most of my early career and the success that I had was out of pure naivety. Um, pure naivety. If, if I think of the things that I did then, um, you, know, you know, would I do that? I was always a hustler. I mean, even from an early age when I was, was a young girl and my parents were quite strict. I came from a very middle class family. So if we wanted anything sort of as they would term extravagant, we would have to go and work for it. So at an early age, I used to hustle. I used to sell cosmetic products. I sold organic chemicals. I sold all sorts of things. And I made money. I realized that I could go into 320 West Street building and go up and down. And at the end of the day, I would make myself six, 700 grand. And in those days, it was a lot of money. So um, I knew that I was a hustler, but what I wanted to do, I didn't quite know. And then I was given this opportunity and absolutely loved it, thrived on, on looking for business, um, you know, opening up branches, employing people at, at 21, where I was certainly a lot younger than those that I employed. But all of it was, was part of um, being naive. It was part of my, my learning journey. It was part of the start of something that I actually did know that was going to be a success. I knew that if I, if, I, if I put my heart and soul into it and I worked very hard, and I often say, you know, in the early days, I was a bit of a workaholic. And then only sort of much later on, you realize a workaholic is not such a good thing. You know, today, if you say you're a workaholic, you look at somebody as though you've got some sort of addiction because you know it's all about it's all about good balance mm. and working you know an integrated life with your work and your um and and your uh, your life being totally connected and harmonious um but in those days i just literally wanted to grow the business i wanted to make a success of, of myself i was highly ambitious i was very very ambitious I was very curious. I wanted to know everything and, um, you know, very competitive. And then I moved up to Johannesburg. Um, three years later, I was, I was then 23 years old and I was given a directorship. I mean, bearing in mind, it was a very small company. And then just fast forward a few years, then we listed. Um, we listed on the JSC and that was like a huge milestone for me at a young age. I mean, I didn't know anything about these things. I mean, but I used to make sure if I didn't know, I'd quickly go and find somebody that knew and, and learned from them. So I had a good friend whose dad was a CA and I used to um, ring her up and say, like, I want to come and speak to your dad and say, you know, what is whack and what is um, net present value and what is ROIC and what are all of these terminologies and, um, you know, structured finance. I didn't have a clue. But I learned and I, and I made sure that I tapped into as many people as possible. And again, it was naivety and, you know, maybe a little bit of using your, your you know, being a female. And, and I always would make sure that I'm, I, you know, I'm really sorry to bug you, but I really don't know. And, you know, if you, if you really don't know and if you say that to people, it's amazing how people will actually give back to you. Mm. So I learned as well, um, you know, like not ever to be arrogant or not ever to be, overly aggressive or pushy, um, you know, to, to use my natural born um, personality um, and, and to be genuine. And so our business then really flew. Um, we, we, we bought out 
the global, well, the international company of Hertz in South Africa over the times of political sanctions, which was in the sort of 1986, 1987. Um, Hertz was one of the global brands that pulled out of South Africa due to pressure. We bought the business, obviously not the brand Hertz because that moved out of South Africa. So literally overnight, um, you know, we were much smaller than Hertz. And overnight, we had a company that was like, three times bigger than the company that, you know, I'd been running before. So wow. it, it was, you know, quite a quantum leap um, mm. to have like a room, a boardroom full of these males who came from, from Hertz. And all of a sudden they're three females um, and they have to report to them now. And it was hard. It was very, very hard. But um, again, you know, I, I, I used like the softness, and um you know, feminine wiles i like that <laughs> and um you know I, I i learned that um everybody has a place and i'm certainly not a big feminist and like only women can do it not at all so you know i learned to work with people and i learned to tap into people's strengths and you know give them you know the opportunities but Certainly a lot of these men thought, oh my goodness, this female, like what does she know about this, this hardcore, um, you know, motor industry, car rental business, transport, all of these things. But, um, you know, I, I learned very quickly and I realized that I had to learn quickly. So um, I think most of my life was fast-tracking my, my, my learning um, and, you know, everything in life, all the experiences that I, that I went through. And so, yeah, our, our business kept growing. And then um, in the sort of um, early part of the 90s, um, my colleagues both retired. They were both quite a bit older than me. And um, I took over the running of the business. And then a big highlight, if, if, if I can go there, I mean, I'm on a bit of a roll. I'm loving it because that was going to be my next question. My next question was going to be, you know, careers are peaks and pits. They are mountains yeah. and valleys. Like what has been your peak and what has been your pit and what has been the greatest lesson? So in terms of my peak, there have been many. Um, you know, the listing, um, you know, taking over a company that was literally three size, our size. But then on the softer side, um, being part of the um, Nelson Mandela inauguration, we won the contract of um, mm -hmm. the full logistics for um, the inauguration, which was, I mean, the biggest event I think Africa or the Southern Hemisphere has ever seen. I mean, we had every international dignitary. And, um, you know, again, I mean, we tended and we were pitching against all these companies who were massive logistic companies. Um, but we were very much, I think, the can-do people. Our attitude was, yes, we'll do it. We'll make it happen. And I think that's what people wanted, you know, um, the arrogant business people that came with all their credentials and told you how great they were. Um, you know, our approach was, well, what do you want? And we will, we will do it. And um, that was that was incredible. That was my first meeting of Nelson Mandela. And I remember the inauguration. We had about two thousand vehicles um, on the road, luxury cars, buses. We we literally from the time that people landed um, at Tambo Airport, we, we took care of them. And, you know, many of them were here for a week, two weeks, and that was just, that was incredible. And to meet um, Nelson Mandela, and then I went on to meet him a couple of times because we then became one of the founding patrons. In fact, you can't see my 
Nelson Mandela Award, they're founding patrons of the Nelson Mandela uh, Children's Fund, which wow. meant every July, on the 18th of July every year, I would go to um, the Children's Fund in, in Houghton and, and, and meet with him and sit with him. And it was just you know, amazing. So there were many peaks, um, many, many peaks, winning a lot of um, business awards. I think the best, and for me, the, 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 the most meaningful award was when my staff um, entered me into the Transnet Boss of the Year, which um, was was coming from them. So it was it was, and I, and if I go back and I and I've got the beautiful um, book and album that they they put together, when you recognised um, by your people and by your team, I think that 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 really for me was incredible and. Um, people wrote long stories in the submission about things that that I've done that I hadn't even thought anything of it. I mean, I remember in the book one um, girl saying, like, every time you used to come down to Cape Town, um, you remembered my daughter's name, Jessica, and you always used to say, how old is, you know, Jessica must be five now, and how's Jessica? Something that, as a woman, we don't even think of, but, like, how important it is um, for your people to to really feel that you genuinely care about them. So those were... Sorry. sorry. Sorry, Dawn. I want to touch on that. And for me, it's very interesting having gotten to know you versus the woman, you know, you find on Google, right? She, so those of you who are listening to our podcast, what you might not know is Dawn is absolutely gorgeous. And she's a quintessential lady. She always looks like she's just come out of a magazine almost every time I meet her. But you would never anticipate, you know, that killer instinct to know what to do when it comes to business and still keeping that humanity of being able to remember someone's daughter's name. What do you think is the most surprising thing people find out as they get to know you that they probably don't know off the bat? So I think, um, and, and exactly to your point, Rumi, is that um, I, I, in business and because I think I was very young, um, I, I came across quite tough, and I think if you're running a big business, you, you actually have to be tough. And you know, very often I think women are, are misunderstood. You know, if you're a tough man, you're a great leader. If you're a tough woman, you're a bitch. Um, and and that's precisely like what happens in in business. So I think the balance between the two, you know, showing that you're a female and allowing yourself to be vulnerable. Um, you know, for me. Was, was quite important. And when I first allowed sort of emotions to show, you know, people resonated with me better and found me a lot more approachable than this person who um, at an earlier age thought like I needed to go in there like a bull in a china shop and like everything had to be like done like my way or the highway. And you, uh, yeah, I, mean, I was very fortunate to have incredible role models that, um, and coaches and mentors um, who, who gave me the right advice that, you know, a uh, you know, good leader is not somebody who has lots of followers, but somebody who creates lots of good leaders, you know. And I think um, that's, that's so important um, that you don't look at your people as being I followers. <laughs> I love that. Good leader is someone who doesn't have a lot of followers, but someone who creates great leaders. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and and even right up until when I stepped down, and I mean, I had a 35-year incredible career, 
where um, people often say to me, you know, how could you have built this company for 35 years and been there for 35 years? But there were so many things. We diversified. We went global. We did. I mean, there were so many things that I was involved in at, at, um, at sometimes at quite a young age that, that most people had never experienced. So, um, you know, getting up and talking at the IWF, the International Women's Federation, and things like that, that, that really, um, as I said, fast, you know, I had to fast track and, and learn things. And just coming back to something that I mentioned earlier, I was able to, to, to study, go to business school. I, went, I, I was fortunate to do a leadership course um, at Harvard and, and really learn when my brain really could take what I was learning and put it into you know, practical uh, experience. And all the pieces of the puzzle started to actually fit together. Um, whereas I think if one learns when you're younger, and I mean, this worked for me, it doesn't work for everybody, and I'm certainly not advocating that people should wait until they're older to actually, because I mean, I, I think the last um, time I, I studied, I mean, the first time I was about 36, and then again um, at about 48. And I think the big lesson for me was, you know, you're never, ever too old to, to go back to school and learn. Never. Exactly. So you're always learning. Learning is something that's perpetual. And um, you, know, you, you, just, you just keep learning. Um, and you learn from people. Um, as long as you allow yourself to be inspired by others, as long as you allow yourself to learn from others, you know, I mean, I've often gone into meetings where I come out and like I'll say, oh, this person said X, Y, Z, isn't that incredible because you would do this? And like a lot of people, like it goes over their head, they miss that. Um, mm -hmm. So I've always looked, looking for new opportunities, looking to learn new things. And, and I think that the best learning is learning from others. And I want to add to this. So Maya Angelou once wisely said, when you learn, teach. Yeah. And I think you've been very, very instrumental in doing that. You've been so good at when you learn something, you pass the baton on and you teach. And one of the ways you've taught us a lot as your mentees is always books. Every yeah. time Dawn finds an incredible book, she's like, yeah, you need to read this book. And it will like, sometimes it's an author you've never heard of and it will fundamentally change your life and your perspective. So I'm curious, what are your top five, and I know this is going to be hard for you, your top five reads and why? Okay, so, so first off, I must say um, there's a book called Startup Nation, and it's about the, you know, Israel, and mm -hmm. um, in the heart of, the, well, they've always been at war, um, how they took the small little country and make, made it, um, you know, the hub. It's, it's sort of the second to Silicon Valley in terms of technology, mm -hmm. and, you know, how they would able to 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 create this was was just incredible so so i would definitely say um startup nation was um was was incredible and then i have to say um lean in by cheryl uh, uh, um uh, what's her name cheryl um sandberg, sandberg. um she like you know her, her, the way she tells her story that it's like okay to be talking about like I've got to leave and take my kids to school um, and you know as a career woman I remember the first part of my career I would never have spoken about oh well I've got to go and um, it's my mother's birthday and I've got to I've got to leave or and and I, and I think she really was um, the forefront um, 
for, for, for advocating for it's okay to have, you know, a blended life. Um, so, so I must say lean in. And then I don't know if you, you know, because um, I didn't, I, I wasn't sort of born in the technology era. You know, I was born in more the era of the sort of startup of the big word processors, we called them in those days, the big IBM mainframe computers. So, you know, I've always been inspired by Google and Apple. So um, the Apple, I think it's the Apple revolution. I think it's called the Apple revolution was incredible because for somebody who again needed to fast track um, and learn more about technology, because it really does um, drive, it's, it's not, the, it's an enabler. It doesn't, it doesn't make a business more successful, but, you know, unless you're looking to do things differently and better, you know, you do need, um, you do need um, technology. And then um, Simon Sinek um, leaders, eat last i mean i love, I love that book and he talks a lot about nelson mandela and um you know when he was a child his grandfather taught them that they were that were sitting around i can imagine a fire going and um you know okay mm. you, you talk last because it gives you the opportunity to listen more um so so that was that was a great um book and then I mean, all Malcolm um, Gladwell's book uh, books. I mean, the Outliner was also so great. Um, I don't know if you read it. So yeah, I can go on and on and on. But yeah, so I think off the top of my head, those would be the ones that I would say. Um, and I mean, none of them were written. They were probably all written a couple of years ago, but very relevant uh, today. And particularly um, throughout the pandemic, you know, how to be how to adapt um, and, you know, there's so many, um, like there's EQ, IQ, and there's um, AQ, adversity. Um, uh, yeah, adversity. So that the, the AI, which is not the big data and um, artificial intelligence, but it's certainly one of the things, um, you know, emotional intelligence, um, agility intelligence, um, you know, intellectual intelligence. So it's working with those five intelligences and, you know, how to blend those into your life because we live in such a non-binary world. You know, I always say that uh, you're not male or female anymore. It is so many, you know, everything's so much more um, fluid and it's not mm -hmm. black and white because between black and white, there's 700 colors, you know. Yeah. And between off and on, you know, there's just so many different things. So um, I think, yeah, so I've always believed in, you know, it's everything in between that's important. You don't have to be, you know, the greatest leader, but you could be the most um, caring leader or you could be the most consultative leader or, or, or whatever. So there's something that you mentioned and you mentioned you know showing up and bringing up your femininity and being very intentional in in your life and i know you talk about this a lot and there's a you know my research about you i remember you um having a story about you know so dawn's a mum, and you were traveling the world doing all these things and you met a complete stranger at the airport and you're sitting on the flight and this person says oh my good you mean daniel nathan is your son have you seen his hat trick have you seen him do this have you seen him do that and at that moment, you were thriving in one arena of your life where it was just going. 
And in the other arena of being a mom, you were like, actually, I want to show up a little bit more. And I think a lot of women listening to this, that will automatically resonate because a lot of us think, you know, our children are our greatest inspiration. And you made the decision to say, I'm going to be a lot more present, which means I'm going to take a step back from being this, you know, leader that constantly puts the business top of mind, etc. And it's always a, you know, there's a, I think with women, there's that pull-push uh, pull factor. There's the 50s version of us that wants to bake the perfect bread and be the perfect mother. And there's this other version of us, 80s, let's go and get it done and take over the world. And it's such a delicate balance. And I want to know from you, what has been your biggest inspiration? And how does that show up in your life as this incredible business leader, as well as someone who has to show up as a, as, a, as a family member and a friend? So, yeah, that's a good question. So let me ask, uh, let me answer firstly, what has been the, the biggest inspiration? Um, the biggest inspiration to me has been, um, you know, people having, um, having faith in me, people trusting me, um, and also people allowing me um, to, to be who I am. And, um, you know, not putting me in a box and not treating me differently because I'm a female. I mean, that really has inspired me and empowered me um, and, and really given me the wings to fly. Um, I must say that my son inspires me. Um, he taught me how to be a mother and as, as kids do. And, I mean, I was clueless because I was, I was a good business leader and I knew a lot about... Um, you know, a set of financials, and I knew a lot about business, and I knew all of those things. But, you know, being a mom, and being a mom who was sort of in my mid-40s, was, yeah, it was, it was you know, quite hard. And, um, you know, balancing the two, and then I realized very quickly, you know, dash the guilt, and, you know, don't look for perfect balance, because there's no such thing as perfect balance. But, you know, you know try and look at how you can integrate the two. But then I realized, um, you know, that I needed a more holistic life. And I've always been very spiritual. I've always been a very healthy person. I've always been um, a good family person. But I realized that, you know, from a family point of view and family and friends, I think that had been probably the biggest sacrifice that I'd made in my life to put my career first because I was so driven and I was very competitive and um, I was very fortunate that I was able to step down. Um, you know, I st stayed on the board for quite a while and then um, we moved to, well, but no, then I, then I was offered this role as, um, as the only female shark in Shark Tank. And it was certainly not on my radar. It was certainly nothing that I'd ever expected to do. Um, and, you know, the approach came at a time when I'd already stepped down and it just seemed like a, a really good way of giving back, of finding some good young entrepreneurs um, to, to, to work with, to not only invest in, but to, you know, mentor and to, to, to help them on their journey. And I often look back and think, you know, if I've had somebody at 23, 24 to sort of, you know, guide me and, you know, just share some experiences with me, um, you know, things may have been very different. I may not have made as many mistakes and I may have done things slightly differently. 
So, um, yeah, no, Rumi, I, I must just tell you, I mean, I've just been so blessed. I mean, I wake up every day thinking, like, how blessed I am. I mean, I'm looking out. The sea is very grey at the moment, but um, really I've had such a great life. I just um, can't ever switch off, though. Um, you know, I find it hard. But I, I do find an opportunity every now and again to to, to unplug and to unwind because I think it's really good that that we, we're able to do that. So this phase of my life, you know, I always look at my life um, in, in three phases. The learning part where that was very much my Durban early days. And then the earning part, um, earning not only financially, but earning your reputation, earning your stripes, earning your position, earning the respect, earning all of those things was very much my career um, in Johannesburg and, and building businesses. And it was really like the hardcore dawn. Um, and then moving to Cape Town was very much more the holistic returning. So the learning, earning and returning are the three phases of my life. And coincidentally, they all happened in, in, in different cities. So <laughs> last i don't know i haven't actually worked out what the next phase is but there must be one i'll find Ooh, it. i hope you stay on the concert i'll be very upset now you just pack up and move to like london or new york like once the cape town but you no, go nowhere no 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 so immigrating to to cape town was really the best thing ever and it forces you to like meet new people and to um yeah just to explore um new things i mean once a week i go up and do a mountain walk with a couple of friends for two hours and you you know standing at the top of the mountain and you you know just feel this is just incredible like you feel as though you've died and gone to heaven you know so um you know i've been I've, i've been very fortunate but I worked hard i worked very very hard um i won't ever say i'm a workaholic anymore because that's a no-no word, because workaholics are not good. You've got to have a great balance. Um, but, yeah, I've had a, a, a great journey. Learning, earning, and returning. So I think there's no better way to close than on that. What are you learning? What season are you in earning? And what are you returning unto others? I love that. So in closing, I'm going to ask you to complete the following sentences. I am a master at... I'm a master at my own destiny, I have to say. Mm. I like that. Uh, what I know for sure is? The earth is round because there's so much uncertainty. But the, <laughs> the earth is round. The rest <laughs> of the things that happen, we're uncertain. And that's what make, makes life so exciting. I love that. Okay. Failure is? Failure is success in disguise. That's a goodie. My life's work is? Right now in this phase is to give back. Knowing what I know now, I... I would have not chosen anything different about my life. Yeah, that's a good one. As one of the, the people you would have for dinner, Oprah would say, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. <laughs> and last and not least, I am. 
I'm crazy. <laughs> I am, yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm sort of working as hard as I ever did. I'm juggling a million balls at the moment, and I'm, I'm, I'm so, um, I'm, I'm so grateful. Um, yeah, I am grateful. I'm the one who's grateful. Thank you so much, Dawn, for joining me. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much, um, Bumi. It was really great. Um, you are such an inspiration too, and I just love your bubbly, um, you, the way you come across. So it was really a great honor for me. Thank you. Thank you. So I hope you enjoyed this session as much as I did, and I hope you tune into our very next Career Conversations with Bumi Swaby. See you soon.